Welcome to the RCF podcast. I'm here today with Charles Fields, the pastor of Line Baptist Church in Foster, Rhode Island. It's called Line Baptist Church because it's right on the Rhode Island, Connecticut state line. It is. It's right. We are right on the line. Uh, even the history of the church, it became known as the Line Church. They not the Lying no, Church. No, not the Lying Church. Hopefully not. <laughs> uh, or the Lime. Some people think it's the Lime yeah, Church. Like yeah. li- Lime disease is prevalent in our parts. Yeah. But uh, no, it's on on the two state lines straddling the fence it's uh, it's a great place we're going to tackle a tough topic yes are you up for it i hope the topic today is alcohol how can we think biblically about alcohol is it good is it bad should we partake should we abstain is it a sin i think that's probably a good place to start there are some strong warnings about alcohol we know that it's framed in a positive way in some scriptures But the majority of scripture that talks about wine or alcohol or strong drink actually speaks in the negative sense. And so we should tackle that first and foremost. Yeah, I I think that's a great place to start. We want to be true to what the scriptures are saying, right? That's our guide. That's our resource that's from God. So we don't want to go beyond what the scriptures are saying. Uh, We also don't want to minimize what the scriptures are saying. And so Mm -hmm. our hope is in these few minutes to just really give a clear picture of what the Bible is specifically saying about alcohol. So is it a sin? Matt, I'm going to throw that back at you for you to start. You know? Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the first passage that comes to mind is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Yes. It says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. That seems pretty clear there that at least in some ways it would be sinful. Yeah, I think, um, is I know you have discussions with people about this. I've had many discussions with people about alcohol use. I think Most everyone agrees that when you talk about crossing the line to drunkenness, to becoming drunk because of the influence of alcohol, that that is a sin. And I think one of the questions is, where is the line? Mm -hmm. Or not only where is the line, but what place should it have in my life? Right. You know, because if there's this line I can cross that is then a sin in the eyes of God, at what point is that line? And how do I draw that line? How do I make that distinction? And I think there's a lot of wisdom that has to be exercised when we approach this subject. And we know we live in a culture where, I mean, just go into any grocery store. I mean, there's an entire, you know, a full aisle devoted to different kind of alcoholic beverage. And it is uh, a big moneymaker. It's consumed greatly, not only in our country, but all around the world. And I think for a believer in Christ, we have to have some clear principles when it's pertaining to to alcohol use. Absolutely. And, and that's what we want those principles to come from Scripture, right? Absolutely. So that we're, we're making godly choices and not just deciding those ourselves. Yes. And another couple of passages that come to mind, again, in regard to specifically mentioning drunkenness in the Scripture are Galatians 5.21 and 1 Corinthians 6.10. Both of these passages show the seriousness of drunkenness and specifically of someone who continues yes. in, in this lifestyle, continues to get drunk. And Galatians 5.21 talks about, it says, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the Bible continuously characterizes someone who engages in drunkenness as a non-believer. Mm-hmm. And that right there should be a warning. You know, if you name the name of Christ and you're regularly getting drunk, I think that this is a question you really need to deal with God. Am I in the kingdom? Right. You know, is, I'm engaging in this because it's a clear characteristic that describes someone that's not part of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so if this is the characteristic of your life, 
then are you a believer? I think that's a question, a legitimate question that you need to ask yourself. I'd like to share another verse, um, just drunkenness and its effects that the Bible describes. And this is found in the book of Proverbs, which we know Proverbs is considered the book of wisdom. And there's a lot of practical wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 23, verses 29 through 35, it says this, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine. Those who go to try mixed wine. Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Mm -hmm. And so this is describing drunkenness and its effects. And it's very vivid and powerful language. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that picture of, in the end, it bites like a serpent because yeah. it's like any sin. We don't think of the end. Exactly. We don't think of what's going to happen. We just think of the pleasure in the moment. And so this picture that the Proverbs give of tearing over wine, of looking at it and thinking, just like in the garden, Genesis 3, it was a delight to the eyes. And so I think in many ways, the wine or the alcohol, it's a delight to the eyes, People think it looks good in the moment, but we need to consider the end. And even I would even say in the early stages of, you know, you're maybe hanging out with friends and you're uh, having a couple drinks and there's a euphoria that you feel and it's exciting and you're loosened up, you're unwinding. And that could be the beginning positive. That's what that verse in Proverbs is talking about. You know, the cup is red, everything's good, Mm -hmm. but it's the end. It's when it's taken too far, the consequences and the effects that can have in your life. And we just know alcohol has had devastating effects in our society. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you just talk about all the effects, the the broken homes, the drunk driving and financial ruin, relationship ruin. What the Proverbs says right there, uh, your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. I mean, how many things come out of a person's mouth because they're drunk? That they would never say their inhibitions, their judgment is lowered so much to the degree that they would do and say things that they would never do mm-hmm. had they not been under the influence mm-hmm. you know, of that substance. And therefore, we see marriages destroyed. We Absolutely. see relationships destroyed. Absolutely. So I think, Matt, I think we can say pretty conclusively that the Bible condemns drunkenness and, and yeah. states clearly that drunkenness is a sin. Absolutely. To continue on that point, but maybe something for us to consider, the question you raised a few minutes ago, where is that line? Yeah. And how do we know if we're going right up to that line or not? And I think of there's so many commands in Scripture to be sober-minded. Yes. And, and I don't think it's just talking about, okay, somebody goes and gets flat-out drunk. Sure. But sober-mindedness, we need to think about, will this prevent me from being ready to do what God calls me to do? And if we think about this, think about um, a a doctor who is going to perform surgery on you. Do you want him to have alcohol in his system? Um, I'm going to say no. (laughs) I'm going to say no. Do you want a judge who's hearing your case in court to be impaired with alcohol in their body? I don't, I don't think so. Or a first responder yeah. uh, who, who's coming to save your life? I'm going to say, no way. I want that person to be sober. I want them to be clear-headed. 
Now think about the Christian life. You never know when the opportunity is going to arise when you need to care for someone who is hurting. Yeah. You never know when you're going to have that opportunity to share the gospel with someone. Or yeah. uh, as 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be ready to make a defense for anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. You know, Matt, as you started to go that direction, I immediately, the word ambassador came into my mind. That yeah. we, we are called to be ambassadors of Christ. Yeah. And hey, we're always on duty, uh, essentially. And I, I was actually thinking about that. Hey, there's times that I, I know that not everyone listening to this obviously is going to be in any kind of vocational ministry, but we're all called to be servants of Christ. I was even thinking pertaining to my own life. Like there's times that you get called late at night to go do an emergency room visit or something to that nature. And if I was not in the right frame of mind to do that, I'm sorry, I'm too drunk. Yeah, to, you know, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm, that I'm, wouldn't go over well with the congregation. I'm, I'm too buzzed to drive. You right. Know? No. But yeah. I think there's principles that extrapolates that to all believers. Yeah. You know, we are always ambassadors of Christ. Yeah. There's never a time where we're told that we don't need to be prepared to do the work of the ministry yeah. as believers. First Peter 5, 8 and First Thessalonians 5, 6 through 8 both say, be sober-minded, be watchful, keep awake, and be sober. You know, so both of those are mentioned there. And then even in 1 Peter 4, 7, Peter says, be sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Mm. How does that yeah, right? impact? Right. I had actually never thought about that. That's, that's, that's a really good point. Just as we're communing with God, we want to be sure that we are in the right frame of mind mm-hmm. as we're going to Him in prayer and worship. So yeah, when we think about being sober-minded, it goes far beyond just, am I smashed, drunk, or am I clear-headed, clear-minded? Yes. And, and I always want to be ready, always prepared to do what God has called me to do. And to go, if I could go back to Ephesians 5.18, which is, be not drunk with wine, but which, filled is, with the spirit. But, which is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And this is comparing, and so in this culture 2,000 years ago, you had these uh, pagan rituals where they would they would worship these pagan gods in drunken, gluttonous feasts. And, you know, the Apostle Paul is saying, don't do that. This is not how we worship. We worship God being filled with the Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit is being carried along in life like a wind to our sails. That's The Spirit is carrying us through life to do the work of God, to give glory to Christ with our lives. And that's juxtaposed against being filled uh, with wine. What is carrying us along through life? Is it pleasure and excess? Is it uh, even fleshly ambitions and desires of, of different things? Or is it the Holy Spirit who is carrying us and ushering us through life? And I think that's a very mm-hmm. important question to ask all of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the purpose of our life? The purpose of our life is to give God glory. I know that you're familiar with 1 Corinthians 10.31. Mm-hmm. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to ask ourselves, you know, to the degree that we allow alcohol into our lives, is that promoting the purpose of our life to give glory to God, or is it detracting from that great purpose? That's a great question. Another principle I think that's helpful for us to think of from Scripture, what about the authorities that have been placed over us? Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. Does this come into play? Well, if you're not of legal age, and so, I mean, just right away as obeying Romans chapter 13, if you are not, if you live in the United States and you're under 21 years of age, you should not be consuming alcohol beverage at all. And I do want to say that that's interesting to think, whether you agree or disagree with that, you think, oh, it should be younger or... He doesn't uh, give us that option, It doesn't give us that option. 
Uh, and there's a reason why our nation made that legal age 21. And and, I'll, and if I could give you just a little history, I don't know the specifics, but in the 1980s, there was a lot of younger people, high school age, that were, you know, and some of those kids were 18 years old in high school and they were able to buy alcohol and it was creating a lot of problems, uh, car crashes, deaths. And uh, it's one of the reasons why they realized that that age group was not responsible enough to handle it at all. Congress's hand was forced to raise the age from 18 to 21 because it just was was not mixing with that age group well. Hmm. So yeah, so Romans 13 verses 1 and 2 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. So again, it's showing a spirit of rebellion against those that God has put in authority over us. You can go back to episode one. We had episode on authority. But if we resist those that God has put over us, then we're actually going against God in that. We are to obey authority up until and and as long as they do not cause me to disobey God. Right. Now, in this case, condemning you from or forbidding you uh, as an authority to drink alcohol, that's not causing you to disobey God. Another passage is is 1 Peter 2, verse 13. He says, be subject to every institution. So Mm -hmm. I think we can also take that as any institution that's in authority over us. So if your university says hey, it's illegal to have alcohol on the university campus in your dorm, Right. then again, yeah. you are rebelling against those that God has put so in So as we are kind of playing this scenario out, you're saying that there is a Christian that says, well, I've never been drunk, I drink in moderation, but uh, you're not 21 years of age, and you're drinking in the dorm, yeah. so you are not only you are disobeying your government of the country that you are perhaps a citizen of, but you're also disobeying the institution's rules that you have agreed to follow. Yeah. So it's like a double whammy there. Yeah. And ultimately God. Yes, and ultimately God. Yeah. That's what we want to understand, that this isn't just a minor thing here. This isn't a minor infraction. What about the principle of mastery, of allowing things to rule over our bodies? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12 it says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Mm-hmm. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Mm. It seems that we have to be very careful, you know, the things that we allow to take over our lives. And we do know that alcohol does have the potential, and it's been shown over and over again. It has a great potential to cause addiction right. and control over our lives. And so that right there would be a, a violation of First Corinthians 6.12. Yeah. Just because something is legal doesn't mean that it's helpful. Doesn't mean that we should partake and that we can partake of that or that we can do that. There's all kinds There's of things. There's a lot of that... things that are legal that I'm going <laughs> to stay away from. <laughs> well, and even in in a maybe a non-controversial issue would be it would be legal for me to go out and eat 3 pizzas tonight. Yes. But your, your cardiologist might have an issue with that. <laughs> But it's not helpful. It's, right. it's lawful, but it's not helpful. Yeah. And in fact, you know, we would say, according to God's law, that would be gluttony. It would be excess. It would be gluttony. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so that Along would be the same condemned. lines of drunkenness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Matt, and you kind of brought – so you, you're opening up a, a can of worms in Uh-oh. my own mind is that this body that we have is a finite resource. Mm. And we are called to, as God has, through wisdom, instructed us to steward our lives. Absolutely. Being controlled by him. You know, we are to steward this resource of our body. 
I'm not a health nut, but the reality is I want to steward this resource well so that I can give maximum glory if God would allow in this short space of time we call life. And I look at it like this. Number one, I don't believe that you're giving anything. You know, if you were to choose, if you were to listen to this podcast and and you would feel like the Holy Spirit would be telling you, you know, maybe for your life or for this time in your life that, that you need to make a decision for perhaps alcohol not to be part of your life during this time. I don't believe that's a decision you're going to regret. Mm -hmm. What are you gaining? You need to ask yourself, what are you gaining by allowing alcohol to be part of your life right now? Mm -hmm. What is it actually adding to your life? It's probably making you more tired or groggy in the morning after you've consumed it, even if it was a few drinks and you didn't get drunk. I just feel like as a steward over your body to function optimally, you do not need it. It doesn't really add anything, I believe, to your life. Yeah, I've never met a person who is better off because they've yeah. started drinking. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And I've asked families that were maybe considering drinking in moderation. I just asked this question. I said, well, I'm not going to say that the Bible forbids it, but I want to ask you the question. Is your life becoming stronger by adding alcohol to it? Mm-hmm. Is it causing you to worship Christ more? Mm-hmm. Is it drawing you closer to God? I'm not saying that adding it in moderation is intrinsically sinful, but what is it actually adding? Mm -hmm. You know, and if we are to, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do all to the glory of God, again, I think it's a question of stewardship and it's a question of wisdom. Is it the wisest thing to include it in your life? And I just submit to you that even as a college-age student that's listening to this, I mean, you can go out with friends and have a great time without alcohol being involved with it. And I'll be honest with you, I think you can have a better time. You'll be in full judgment. You'll be full sober-minded. And it could be a very constructive, enjoyable time without the introduction of that substance into the environment. Yeah, I agree. Well, Charles, I think we're actually out of time, and we have a lot more to say on this subject. I feel like we could talk about this for hours. Yes. And so why don't we put a pause there, and we'll continue on with another episode next week. Sounds great, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. I I really enjoyed this time. I, I hope it's a blessing to all the students that get the opportunity to listen to this. Thanks for listening to this episode of the RCF Podcast. You can email your questions to podcast at roadiefellowship.com. And if you'd like more information on RCF, visit us on the web at roadiefellowship.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at roadiefellowship. <laughs>